Hello, Rachel. Hi, Brian. How was your week? Well, two weeks. Two weeks. It's been a long time. Yeah, Happy welcome back. New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, so over the break, I was watching Canadian television <laughs> as I want to do, and I was watching the cinematic classic. Uh, film Home Alone 2. So much better than Home Alone 1. So it, it takes it to <laughs> like another Empire. place. It was like Empire yes. to Star <laughs> to Wars. Star- yes. And I was like, this is better than I remember it. Something was different. Something was different. Something was... There was a pr- like a... A menacing presence that was not there, and I enjoyed like it much floor. more. <laughs> like, yes. Okay, and I think uh, I think the news has caught up with us. Everybody knows who that was. We will talk about it a little bit more, maybe. <laughs> or not. This or has not. been the, this is this week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Okay, it's a new year. Happy New Year. This is actually New Year's Day that we're recording this. It is. We are committed to our craft. Yes. <laughs> so committed that we did not record on Christmas Day, even though we're both Jewish. Yeah, but like... We took the opportunity to take a breather. Yeah, people want to appreciate Christmas Day maybe with their family. They don't want to listen to this Last thing they nope. want is a barrage of nopes on <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Day. I mean, it's the least we could do. And now we are, we're in the season of uh, end of the year recaps, lists, end of the decade lists, and... That uh, we don't believe in that I, shit. I can't with the list. The world still turns. The stars no, we still never, shine we down never upon us. Back. They don't know that this is the end of the decade. Like this is ridiculous. It's the star. A, we are not the stars. We are stardust. We are mere stardust. Nobody yes, knows. It's a social construction. Time is a flat <laughs> circle. <laughs> we only look forward. <laughs> the Earth is flat. Time is a flat circle. So I came back from two weeks away, and uh, I was blissfully ignorant of politics. We had just come out of this barrage of impeachment. I was thrilled that uh, Trump was impeached, but I really didn't want to think about it for a week or two. Yeah, you were back in Duck. Yeah, like, I was in back in back in North Carolina where... the Wright I, brothers <laughs> flight brothers. path. You wanted to just soak it in. It was all about the history. The not beef jerky the, warehouse. <laughs> And uh, so I came back to New York and the first day, of course, I opened the New York Post and I was slammed in the face with the real important news that happened over the last week. Here in New York City. Here in New York City. Right. So I think we need to talk about a few New York City things. Not everybody loves when we do that, but some people do love when we do that. Some do, some don't. This is a story of global importance that I feel we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Well, I think we should like start local and then like embrace... The concentric circles should expand. Yes, as we get more global. (laughs) So let's start local. Okay, so um, I wasn't here... Well, actually, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. Let's go back to Thanksgiving month ago when I wasn't here either. And um, so Black Friday, there were all these stampedes. But this year, everyone's shopping online, so there weren't as many stampedes. Which is great. Which is a great <laughs> Fewer stampedes are better. We endorse that. Um, But there is one story that stands out. It's the story of an Upper East Side socialite named Jane Schur. And she endured her very own type of retail trauma, after which she says she's lucky to be alive. What happened to Jane? (laughs) Tell us. On the Upper East Side, she fell through a trap door. In Pottery Barn. 
Well, not just Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn Teen, so, which I I didn't know that was a thing. Special Pottery Barn for teens. I didn't realize shopping at Pottery Barn was so dangerous. Oh, no. Just listen to the story. So she <laughs> she filed a lawsuit just now in the New York State Supreme Court against Pottery Barn Teen because of she sustained serious and severe personal injuries. And what happened? She, quote, fell violently down a hole in the floor <laughs> that was not guarded, barricaded or warned against in any manner. Was it like a trap door into like the head of like John Malcolm? the netherworld. <laughs> like a Harry Potter between train platforms? <laughs> just like dropped yeah, off. I think there was just an yeah. open hole in a, a in pottery floor. barn store. <laughs> okay. And she fell into it. How far did she fall? Like several <laughs> feet? <laughs> Don't know. It was not in the lawsuit. So, so what was the damage that was caused by this socialite falling down into a hole? She said that her beautiful Jay Mendel mink coat was torn. Oh, those are really expensive. And that bracelets from Van Cleef and Arpels was worth forty to fifty thousand dollars, and they were broken. And uh, in an interview with the New York Post, imagine that she says, "I'm really damaged for life." I can't ski anymore. (laughs) I was doing the hardest Tracy Anderson classes with Anderson herself multiple times per week, but I can't anymore. And we should stop and say who Tracy (laughs) Anderson is. She's like this, you know, fitness guru. Right. On the store, on the corner, there's a store from Tracy Anderson, a little workout place, right? Um, So at least her family stood by her. She (laughs) said, my family, the minute this happened, they were all there. My daughter had a manicurist there. Wait, so they were just like, ah, call him, get a manicurist on the scene. She had someone color my hair. (laughs) On the floor at Pottery Barn? And my fingernails were bleeding. So, so... This is a special service provided by the emergency medical technicians of the Upper East Side. New York has the best, <laughs> best medical. <laughs> they are on call 24-7 for Pottery Barn emergencies. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Life is so short. Any minute you could fall through the floor. This is a good New Year's Day lesson as we think ahead to how we want to spend our year. Life is short. Life Anything is short. can happen. <laughs> this is a beautiful story of, so of resurrection. <laughs> it's like Lazarus. <laughs> Jane Sher is like Lazarus. So we need the visuals here. You'll link to them in the show notes. Yeah. So this woman is like pale as a ghost. She has a category five facelift. Her <laughs> eyes are like so sewn shut. They're barely, she can barely see. And she has those cheeks that are just like, like stuffed. Like, <laughs> right. like they look like And there's like a, cheeks. there's like a, a gala function where she's wearing a tiara and holding her toy, I don't know what breed dog, who's like also wearing a tiara. Um, and then they, they had, there's also a picture of her being taken from the scene of the crime at the pottery <laughs> barn. And she's like tied down in a gurney and like she's got like one of those neck collars on in case she broke her spine. It's very like Jean-Paul Gaultier. Yeah, but really all she did was break a nail. (laughs) (laughs) And her jewelry. But I think like Van Cleef and Arpels, like how delicate is your jewelry that it can't sustain falling in a hole? She should sue them. She is suing them. Isn't isn't it under lifetime warranty? She's suing Pottery Barn, but she's suing the wrong target. (laughs) Pottery Barn doesn't have any money. What are they going to give her? Like a like a dresser? 
<laughs> a tent for a child? No, Van no, Cleef. Van give her, Cleef, give, go yeah, for the real target. Yeah, or the manicurist. You should be able to get <laughs> manicures for life. Pedicures, <laughs> facelifts. Right, the I manicure mean, should have lasted. That's right. It should, should be stress resistant to 500 feet of She's depth. She's going after all the wrong targets. And what's really interesting about this story is who her daughter is. Oh, she's a social. Yeah, she's a real socialite. So she has a, I know her husband runs a med spa. So that's where those facelifts came from, I guess. Right. And her daughter is that woman who was like feuding with her husband. She's like, they have like this tremendous, like multi-million dollar art collection right. out yeah. in the Hamptons and they were fighting all summer long about it, and that's her daughter. And I, guess, I bet the mother was jealous that they were getting all the attention. So <laughs> she saw this hole she saw in a pottery barn, and she flung herself into it. When a window opens. <laughs> One door closes, another door opens. <laughs> you just jump right through it. See, way to seize the moment, James Yeah, Scher. James Scher, you're an inspiration to us all. You're a sorceress. <laughs> We, you know, um, we had Jill Karkman last uh, last episode. Speaking of sorcery. Yeah, she is an expert she, in all things Upper East Side socialites. She is. I had to email her this story because I thought that she would she have an interesting she's take. Much she's much too cool for us. She's like <laughs> traveling in France or something. But, I'm but sure. okay, so nope yeah. to Jane Sure, Just get your shit together. Don't fall down a hole. Don't. Break or your jewelry there. or stay in the hole. Stay in the hole. They and should also, have, Barn should have closed the hole. They should have put the planks back on and let her be in her own crypt, like <laughs> buried alive in pottery like in a barn. Thai cave. Yeah, like a, like a soccer team in but, a Thai cave. Yeah, and go after the targets with money. You sh- she should be smart. Yeah, you're suing the wrong person. Yeah. Shut it down, Jane. No, no, no. no, no Jane. We're with you, Pottery Barn. Fight this tooth and nail. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, that's one thing that happened in New York while I was gone. What? Anything yeah, else happened? Yeah, there's another Rachel? thing. So there was this um, interesting article in uh, the Washington Post, and I was hooked into it through a tweet. There's a writer named Nancy French, and she tweeted, when I was 20, a man I barely knew proposed without a ring. I said yes. Within months, we were married, and women started calling the house asking for him at all hours of the night. So I had to understand what was going on. Okay, here, right? that sounds uh, shifty, shady, shady, sneaky. Sneaky. So I thought, is this like a holiday love story or a holiday <laughs> tragedy, like, like right? Love actually, we don't know. Love, eh, not so much. <laughs> so I click the article and Nancy tells this whole story of meeting this guy, David French. He's, you know, a well-known political writer who started out as a lawyer um, back when she was 20 and they were living in Tennessee. They fell in love and decided to get engaged and they moved to New York together. Great. But her family and friends were against it. They thought it was a little fast. Her mother wouldn't refer to David by his name. She just called him the rank stranger. The rank stranger? Rank stranger. Like rank smelly rank? Yeah. No, like just he was a rank stranger. Okay. Like he's not. I like that. Yes, but I know. I don't know I, if he deserves it, but I like that phrase. And so they. It's like fetch. I'm going to try to make it work. Make it work. Rank stranger. So they moved to an apartment in Gramercy Park in downtown New York. And a week later. The calls start. The phone's ringing at all hours of the night. There's sultry-voiced women. Wait, is this? did she move into his apartment so people were calling 
no, his they apartment moved or together. they moved a new apartment? They moved into a new apartment. So people got were a calling landline. him at a new so people apartment. People were calling okay. sultry voiced women at all hours <laughs> saying, may I speak to David? And so she'd hand the phone to David. And what else could she do? Right. They were asking for This is a famous him. guy, though, too. This isn't some well, like Lothario. This was like back in the day, though. Okay. This was before he, he was just, you know, a lawyer at a midtown law firm. Okay. Right. And she would and she'd hand the phone to David and he would just say, you know, wrong number. And he'd hang up. <laughs> And like she wanted to believe him. He kept saying, I don't know these people, but they kept calling. Well, that's pretty suspicious. They're asking for David. David, right? There's Desiree, there's Brandy, there's Jill. And poor Nancy French is taking all these messages for David and she's getting increasingly concerned. And one woman was like, wait, he's not there. We were just together yesterday. And Nancy's like, where? And the woman's like, Soho. And Nancy says, well, my husband works in Midtown. Are we talking about the same David? Tall, blonde, and the woman says, and handsome. Okay, so she starts freaking out. There's a chill down her spine. She's in a pit of despair. She thinks her family's right. She was wrong. This rank stranger is running around town with Desiree and Brandy and <laughs> God knows who else, right? And so then finally, a man calls oh, looking for David. <laughs> David is, <laughs> gets around. <laughs> He's very popular. So Nancy says, Sorry, he's at work. And the guy is like pissed off. And he says to her, all work should go through me. (laughs) She's like, who the hell are you? Wait, was he like a gigolo? (laughs) She's like, who the hell are you? And he says, "Uh, who the hell are you? And she says, I'm his wife. And he's like, how come I don't know about you then? And she's just like very concerned. And the man is also very concerned. He says, I really need to come over and fix this. Wait, come over? Come over. <laughs> come to your apartment yes, and fix this? Fix this problem of what them is that? being How married. will the in-person appearance <laughs> in any way remedy the situation? I, I do not know. But he starts to ask her if she's pregnant with a little David Lee. And she says, my husband's middle name is Austin. And he, the man's like all surly. And he says, excuse me, I think I know my own client client's middle name his client by the way was david lee roth the front man (laughs) of the hair band van halen okay so (laughs) who also has a hit just a gigolo (laughs) wait so it was david lee roth's old landline (laughs) <laughs> that got re-sent to David French. So, what happened was David Lee Roth <laughs> changed his number right before David and Nancy French moved to Manhattan. But David Lee Roth was still giving out his old number to women who he met but wanted to let down easy. Oh. And so this is like a very cowardly right. move. And So it was like, who this new phone? Right. And very inconsiderate to the person who may get this number one think, day. I think David Lee Roth gives zero fucks about he that. He gives zero fucks, but... He's you David know, Lee Roth. But, but <laughs> thankfully, Nancy... French did not give up on David French and they are still married. They did not let this episode destroy their relationship. But I I say nope to David Lee Roth for lying. No, but what has he done since Just a Gigolo? Well, he's, I don't, he's on Twitter. He's He's on Twitter. You know what it takes to be on Twitter? A phone. (laughs) 
That's all it takes. Right. <laughs> nope, David Lee Roth. That was a long story, but worth it. It had, yeah. it had some payoff it was at a, the it end. It was a really good story. I think that he should, if he doesn't <laughs> want to speak to a woman after being with her. Just decline to give just your phone number. Just decline to give your decline. phone number or, or make up a number. Yeah, yeah. Just change one digit. Yeah. Change a digit. That's it. So, Goodbye, nope. David Lee Roth. Goodbye. No, no you're terrible. Tribe has spoken. Goodbye. Shut it down. Rachel, so um, we've been in New York for a little bit. Now we need to expand our concentric circles. And yes. one thing one thing that we're going to hear a lot about in 2020 with the presidential election less than a year away is how the New York media elite, of which we have been accused of being a part, um, only focuses on the things in our little bubble and that we don't really get out. Or if we do, it's only, you know, as a token to get out to the real America, right, to the, the red state, to tr- the country. flyover states, to really understand what's driving the support for Trump, what's really driving the dynamic in America. So here it, this totally weekend, no, we are really making an extra effort to understand what is going on. And of course, it's by reading like the New York Post. But, <laughs> All but the things. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we are here. We are your ambassadors to the middle of America. Yes. So, so tell, tell us something that is redemptive. Tell us something that will help us walk a mile in the shoes of some good citizen of the middle of America. And yes, so <laughs> there's like a couple of very important stories. How was that speech? Was that good? It was beautiful. I, I and that. I totally agree. We need to pay more attention to like what is happening Do in Do America's breadbasket. Okay. So <laughs> let's go with that. Let's, uh, so this story is about something that happened in Missouri and the headline was Missouri church leader tried to pay for sex on grinder. Okay. okay. That happens. That happens. Even in Missouri. But with an Arby's card. <laughs> only only happens in Missouri. Not, that does not happen very often. So that raised my hackles. What is going on in Missouri? Okay, so there's this guy named That's valid currency. <laughs> I, we need to we need the to The Fed know. is now issuing Jerome Powell is issuing Arby's cards as the valid legal tender of the United of States. The United States, okay. It's probably gonna Redeemable be redeemable on grinder, obviously. <laughs> only. Only on grinder. <laughs> you gotta have that commerce. roast beef, America's rest roast beef. Yes, sir. <laughs> so this guy named Barry Cole Pointer, he's a fifty-seven-year-old Church of Christ elder. I don't know what that Aren't is. Aren't all churches of Christ? I, yeah, but yeah. it's probably yeah, some Jews, evangelical thing. Two Jews in New York thing. City, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and he's a professor at a nearby college called Truman State University. He was busted after a student reported him and a cop went undercover on Grinder. They found out that he was using the handle DILF, which stands for Dad, Dad I'd, I'd like, like to, to Fuck, yeah. and trying to lure college-age guys by offering to pay for their roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> like literal or figurative? <laughs> no, literally. So, so, he's, so this guy Pointer sent this undercover officer a message saying, quote, would love to have a sugar daddy relationship. And then he offered to fill up his gas tank in exchange for sexual favors and said that he'll throw in an Arby's card. Well, that is it's <laughs> hard to offer. turn that down. <laughs> what an <laughs> offer. an offer you cannot refuse. <laughs> so, okay, so he goes to the gas station to meet this guy and he's greeted by police officers. It's like Dateline yeah, to catch a predator. Totally. And he so Barry tries to flee, but he gets pulled over 
And then he tells the police that he was not doing anything with a minor and he was only, quote, trying to help by offering Arby's gift cards <laughs> to men on Grinder. Okay. So he was charged with. He's a uh, philanthropist. He's basically Mother Teresa. <laughs> The Mother Teresa of Missouri. He is. Um, he was charged with patronizing prostitution, and he faces up to six months behind bars, and Truman State has suspended him. And uh, it wasn't clear, they said, if he was still in his role at the Church of Christ, which has made homophobic comments in the past, which that's really the despicable thing. Nope to Gary Cole Pointer. Like, who did he think he was going to lure with an offer of an Arby's and, gift and card? And nope to Arby's, because frankly, they should be vetting who buys their cards. Yeah. Right? It's like Facebook. They can't say like, oh, we're just Arby's. We're we'll just sell a, a card to anybody. We're just a platform. <laughs> We can't control. <laughs> but you can buy Arby's cards in like anywhere, like in Target or in Walmart. Dwayne like Reed. Dwayne Reed, you can buy an Arby's card. There needs card. to be better I think they're just Arby's branded cards. You don't have to spend them in Arby's. Oh, you, you can. Yeah, I think all those cards you see at like the checkout, like I think they're just cash cards. And no, like... there's no points. I think it's just like you can, like it's like an Applebee's card, but you don't have to spend it at Applebee's. Really? It's just cash card that wow. you can spend anywhere. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I did not yeah. know that. See, I don't I bring, know if that's true. I bring new we need to potentially incorrect further. information to this podcast. <laughs> no, I think it's Arby's specific. <laughs> he should just go to crypto. He should be on the blockchain. Well, if these cards were on the blockchain, they would. Better be, be able unable to, to track them. Who's... Okay, so all of these shenanigans by Christian Church of Christ people should be on the blockchain. On the blockchain. I mean, I'm all for consensual grinder relationships among adults, but this guy is a total fucking hypocrite, and he should know that the only gift cards worth receiving <laughs> are from Barney's. Oh wait, <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. Sacks. There's a Barney's pop up in Sacks. <laughs> right. Okay. It's City Bakery. How's that? Right. <laughs> Dean and Deluca. Okay. Shut it down. We're no. supposed to be in the middle of America. This is what happens when New Yorkers try to cover the bread box of America. We always wind we up in our own. We in always own wind up in our own bread box. In our own Rachel, do you have at least one other story from the heart from the flyover red states of America? I do. Um, so this I put in my notes: Utah freezer crime. <laughs> um, this was sent to me from my college roommate Louisa Benyon, who lives in France but is from Utah originally and obsessed with everything that happens there. And she's constantly telling me about things terrible things going on in Utah. So check this one out. And once again, the headline says it all. Utah man found dead in freezer had a notarized letter saying his wife wasn't responsible for his death. Okay. Sometimes you just stop at the headline <laughs> in the, the lead paragraph. That's um, it. This, uh, before I go into what happened, I want to offer the caveat that there are more questions than answers yes. here. As and, with most of our segments. And we, we are staying on this story because it is going to unfold in ways that we cannot fully predict. Okay. So there was this woman. Her name was Jean Soren Mathers. She died in November at the age of 75 from uh, natural causes. Oh, so the wife who was not responsible was dead. She was dead. So what happened? They, they found her. And the police looked through her house and they were startled to find not only the body of her hus of her late husband, Paul, in a freezer 
at well, this was the home freezer. Yeah, it wasn't like an it wasn't like a Boris Johnson freezer, no, like a like commercial where he freezer hid from Pierce Morgan. No, this was <laughs> this was a freezer in the couple's home, and there was also a notarized letter from the husband stating that his wife didn't do it. Okay, I have many questions here. So first relates to the freezer. Okay. <laughs> right. So no human could fit in my freezer. Is it one of those like garage it's freezers? Like a garage freezer. Okay. That's yes. number one. Okay. You've answered that satisfactorily. Okay. Question number two is, did the notary, <laughs> upon being asked to notarize this, um, have any questions about why? The, I mean, uh, my friend who you've met, Byron, yeah. uh, Dai, is a, is a notary. He takes it very seriously. Yeah. I think that it, I'd like to think that if he saw this, he might alert authorities or at least raise an eyebrow about it. I think it. You're, you're really cutting to the heart of the most important issues here and I'm going to get to that um, but yes okay. that is that is an important element <laughs> to, this, to this crime so it's a crime without a victim really. so, <laughs> yeah both of them are dead now so but the investigators are still on and they believe that Paul Mathers died a decade ago and they're looking into the possibility that um, this was all a scam to get his monthly payments from Veterans Affairs and Social Security because they kept coming in and the wife would get them. But the right? wife is dead. Well, she just died in November. But so he died a dec. The husband died like a decade ago. Oh, And the wife okay. just died in November. Oh, I see. I thought the wife died and then he put himself in the freezer <laughs> and hoped that his dead wife would still get the payment. No. <laughs> Oh, no. No, so he died and nobody really knew that he died. Right. He just kind of disappeared. Right. Or froze. Or froze. Right. He was embalmed. And, and so the, the VA payments would have totaled up to like 200 grand over the so course of... So she was getting them. So she was getting them. Um, so... Um, Paul Mathers had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. He was being treated at a Veterans Affairs Medical Center, and he was last seen there on February 4th, 2009. Uh, before he died, he wrote a letter stating that his wife was not responsible for his death, and the letter was notarized in December 2008. Okay. Before he was diagnosed? This is very complicated. Okay, so the detectives <laughs> tracked down the notary, and she said, <laughs> I didn't read it, I just stamped it. Of course. Well, that's so, the problem with notaries. So They're not Byron, all equally committed to Byron their craft. Byron takes it seriously. This person didn't. And so, I mean... I would say nope to this woman, but she's dead. But nope to the notary, notary. right? Like you no, have one we all job. Like, I, when I need something notarized, I go to like the Chinese pharmacy around the corner, and they—I I hate to say this—they probably don't read English. It could be anything. It could be anything. I could be notarizing that I'm not responsible for the death of, you know, John F. Kennedy, and they wouldn't know. Right. Right. So. The, the lesson here is if someone gives you a letter to stamp that says, hi, I'm Paul Mathers. I'm here to promise you that my wife didn't kill me. Your job is to not stamp the letter <laughs> and to, and to call, call the, the police. police. <laughs> okay, shut it down. No, no. no, no thank you, absolutely Louisa. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, I now want to go even further abroad. I want to go to England. Okay. Our second favorite country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Israel. We 
Israel's great, we, too. We have history in England. Yeah, know. yeah, we do. Okay, so um, this is, uh, you mentioned Home Alone, and you said we'd come back to it. And uh, I want to talk about someone who was left Home Alone uh-huh. on Christmas. And Home Alone is a Christmas-themed movie, right? Yeah, it's about a boy who was left alone on Christmas. Right, well, you yeah. know who else was left alone, <laughs> home alone on Christmas? Who? was a 45-year-old tortoise in Essex. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Wait, did his family get on a plane and go on vacation with him? No, but it was very icy, just like in, huh. in Home Alone. Um, it was very icy. And while he was, I guess, wandering unfettered around the house, he knocked over a heat lamp. Okay. Um, and the heat lamp tipped over and set a fire. And the heat lamp was on. The heat lamp was on. And it set off a smoke alarm that the neighbors noticed. They called the fire department. The firefighters came and found the whole house ablaze and filled with smoke. Where was the tortoise? And they came in, they, <laughs> heroes that they are, they put out the fire, they, you know, got rid of the smoke, and they pulled out the tortoise who was, you know, covered in soot, and you would think would be happy to have had his life saved by the brave firefighters of Essex, but no, there is a photo that has now gone viral <laughs> in some meme of the tortoise giving, like, the side eye to the firefighter who had saved him. So he's just kind of like, I just wanted to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I just wanted to smoke a joint, probably. He's alone like, at home alone. on Christmas. <laughs> Let me have a little fun. <laughs> so I was reading this, and like, <clears throat> this is another one. More questions than answers in this. So my question really is, do people who have tortoises, and this is not a little pet turtle, like this is a full-on tortoise. I saw a picture. Do you let them roam free roam in your house? Free? No. And also, if you are letting them roam free in your house, don't leave like a heat lamp on. No, or candles or like cigarettes and the lit cigarettes and the ashtray. No, I mean, I have a dog, which like is an animal that is known to roam free in homes. And I don't leave <laughs> any, like anything out like that. It's no. certainly not for a tortoise. Well, this caused a viral sensation. And on Facebook, someone asked if perhaps, and this is a credible theory, perhaps the neighbor who raised the alarm was also a tortoise. Uh-huh. So perhaps this was a neighborhood, like a, a network of tortoises in the neighborhood who were looking out for each other. Or maybe the neighbor was the arsonist. Oh, interesting. Well, so the the, the neighbor tortoise was discredited because they said the tortoise could never get to the phone fast enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is the least of the holes in that theory. Okay. (laughs) Well, this is just really awful. And these people, honestly, you get what you ask for when you have a tortoise. You only get what you give. (laughs) (laughs) In the words of the famous song. Um, I know you like me to have my stories have a beginning, middle, and an end. But this one does not. (laughs) not. Yet again. I just saw the headline, The Great Christmas Tortoise Fire of 2019. Why should 2020 be any different? (laughs) Okay, tortoises. Take the stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. That's the rule. Really? Tortoise, nope. Enough with the animals, enough with the international. Rachel, what do you got? We got one last thing, right? One last thing. So, you know, we sometimes get a lot of um, feedback from our listeners, which is always great. And uh, I got something in the mailbag, although it's not really (laughs) a mailbag. mailbag. (laughs) The listener mailbag. It was more like a text message. Which is neither mail nor a bag. (laughs) It's neither fish nor fowl. But so my friend Christina Bogatsky, who I used to work with at Twitter, she texted me to thank us for our public service, which was really nice. And so what happened was her husband, he never buys himself gifts, but for this holiday, 
holiday season, he was feeling in the spirit, and he decided to treat himself to these Sennheiser surround sound headphones. They I've heard re- those are nice. Yeah, they're good. They retail for around two hundred dollars. He bought them new on Amazon, and they arrived. They looked like they were fished out of a dumpster. I sent you the picture. <laughs> yeah, they, they were, were like, mangled. They were like, like the, shredded. The foam ear pads were like, <laughs> like shredded apart. <laughs> yeah, not just used, like discarded, right. like shredded. Right. Right. Like wear and tear doesn't begin to describe <laughs> what happened. Luckily, she was a listener to This Week in Nope. Right. And she, they listened to the podcast and they realized that these headphones were, in fact, probably from a dumpster. Yeah. We had that story a couple weeks ago about how people are fishing things out of a dumpster and selling them on Amazon. Including like broken jars of lemon curd from Trader Joe's. Yes. So I told her, and I will tell our listeners now, this is why we do what we do. We are a public service. (laughs) We do not get paid enough, in fact, anything for doing this. No. In fact, we pay. (laughs) We pay. We lose money for doing this. We lose income for not working during these hours. It's called opportunity cost. (laughs) It's called time value of money. And so I I thank you, Christina, for your feedback. We take some small consolation in what we do. Right. So if anyone else has any like interesting <laughs> holiday stories about dumpster <laughs> headphones or anything please just tell us let us know we love to hear it okay that was okay. amusing but deeply depressing as well you know what we need rach our yups we need some yups these are little rays of light little Slivers. beacons of hope that Slivers got us through the, the week the the year the decade it's all of it. Rachel, what's your yup? Yeah, so um, on Christmas Day, I couldn't think of anything better to do than to see the most Jewish film ever <laughs> created, Uncut Gems. So I, I was out. Fiddler. <laughs> no, no, I was out in, uh, in West Hampton. So we went and it was, you know, the theater was like filled with Jews going to see of Uncut course, Gems. Yeah. It was great. Fabulous. So I just say, fuck Adam Driver. This year should be the year of Adam. Adam Sandler. Oh. Adam Sandler plays this shyster, gambling addict, small-time diamond district two-bit jeweler who's like leveraged to the hilt, and one horrible thing leads to another, and the story unfolds in such crazy and unpredictable ways, and it is just a very stressful, very chaotic (laughs) ride through the life of this very disturbed and stupid man, and it's by these brothers, the Safdie brothers, who are like... Like the Moshe new Cohen Sof- brothers. Like Moshe Safdie or... I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't I, know either. I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's a dar- famous architect. Oh, okay, but I don't know. But uh, go see it. Uncut okay. gems. So it yup. is a delight. That's yeah. Yup. I uh, I have a yup also, but I also have a like uh, honorary yup. Um, and my honorary yup first goes to Princess Anne, who we've been obsessed with over a number of episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, for she was in the Crown in a spectacular thing. She dissed Donald Trump uh, in front of her sister Queen. Her mother, wait, sister? Her <laughs> mother. mother. Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Sorry. <Yes>. Very confusing. <laughs> Margaret is a sister. Anne is the daughter. Yes. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, so um, this week, what happened? So they came out with the list. The ra- Everyone loves lists at the end of the year. The yeah. rankings of which royals had spent the most time on royal duties. And it turns out that Princess Anne was the number one most committed, spent the most time doing royal duties, more than the queen herself, more than Prince Charles, more 
more than Prince William, everyone. This should surprise nobody. No, she is our she finest is, living royal. We've been saying, we've been beating the drum on this yes. for so Why long. Why does nobody listen to us? Take <laughs> our advice. Princess worship Anne. Princess Anne. I worship her. Honestly, like, I just watched season three of The Crown, and I wish there could have been more, like, Princess just Anne diversion. Just spin off. <laughs> Like flow from Alice it's, or yes, it's so good, and her style is just so chic yes. with those shirts and those belts, those riding. She always <laughs> riding. had some sort of riding costume and that on. Little poof in her hair, amazing, yes, absolutely, Everything. okay, absolutely. So, if anybody has a connection to Princess Anne and she wants to come to a podcast in a Tribeca loft, please tell us. Please tell Even us. Even if it's like a you know third connection no like, we'll, work, we'll, we'll work linkedin we'll work linkedin yeah. and get that okay my real yup is um now a year ago or in the last year you turned me on to lizzo and you played juice which is one of the finest songs of at least the decade right yes. and i was gobsmacked by it and my my yup goes not to lizzo because i think that's old hat my my yup goes to the fact that 2019 was branded the year of Lizzo. Yes. And people are finally recognizing her talent. She is someone who uh, merely a few years ago, not to mention a decade ago, would not have been recognized as a pop star. I was in North Carolina at some like rest top and there was a billboard of Lizzo in some bikini playing the flute on stage as like a goddess as she should be. Yes. Right. She brings with her this energy of just embracing self love and beauty and everything just we have to yourself. offer. Just and love yourself. Yes. And she's got the talent. That's all you need. She's got it. And she just kept going with it. Like she, she, And she's going to keep going. Yeah. She's going to be the artist of the 2020s as well. I'm very excited to see what Lizzo does in the next 10 years. It's only going to get we better. Should all, if we could all like just bring a little bit of that Lizzo magic into, into this our decade. Year. That's our resolution. Why don't we make that our nope resolution? Just, <laughs> just be more Lizzo. Be more like, like Lizzo. Be best. Be, be Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, this has been a terrible week, but wow. Um, if you've enjoyed year, this podcast, year. yeah, but Rachel, tell us what to do. Just um, rate, review, uh, give subscribe. us subscribe. Give us five stars on iTunes. We love that. Give us your feedback. Tell your friends. Talk to somebody. Grab their phone. Yeah, we have Just, a mailbag now. I didn't know that. Tell us. Your, <laughs> right to the mailbag. Right. We're on Twitter at Brian Hecht at Rachel D. Yes. Easy. Or on email if you're old school this week. In nope at gmail.com. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And we're back on a weekly schedule now. So we record on Wednesdays, release Thursdays at 7 a.m. Uh, unless we've got we... some fabulous guests coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. We have a great guest coming up. And yeah. is it next week or the week, week after? after? Week after. Okay. So. so stay tuned for that. Stay up to date. Thank you for listening. This has been This Week in Nope, the podcast where we shut it down.